Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And welcome, welcome. We are live from the beautiful Adventure of the Seas. We are in Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic this morning. And those of you across the country who are not in warm weather, don't be too jealous because it's pouring rain outside and lots of fog. But you know, as we've been saying in the first hour of Catholic Connection, sunshine in our hearts and sunshine in, of course, our studio. So great to be with you. And we're having such a great time, are we not, on the annual Good News Cruise? Over 800 people have joined us this time, and it's just a, an amazing success. We're so grateful to our sponsors and, of course, Corporate Travel for putting together an amazing itinerary with amazing speakers, including our guests for the first half hour of the program. One of my favorite bishops, so pro-life, so solid, so peaceful, but just a gift to the church, Archbishop Joseph Nauman, who's with me, is going to be joining us in just a second. We have a great show. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking to a, a new friend of ours, an adorable priest who's uh, from Arizona. His name is Frankie, Father Frankie. Uh, yeah, okay, so he's Italian. All right, and that's one of the reasons we connected quite a but an amazing testimony. He's one of the priests with us here on the cruise. And then we're going to wrap up with the most adorable couple in the world. Dominic and I have adopted them. So we have Deacon Jason and his wife, Rachel Bowman, who were speakers earlier. Weren't they fabulous? And they're going to be joining us, wrapping up uh, the show for us today. So, again, if, you, if you're not familiar with the Good News Cruise, please check it out because next year we have an amazing lineup as well. Debbie and Pretty Herbeck from Renewal Ministries and Ave Maria Radio. Sister Jojo, Sister Joseph Andrew from the Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. And we'll also have Alan Sally Cresta, Father Michael Schmitz, Deacon Dom and I will be there. And some guy, I don't know, Archbishop, do you know how to pronounce his name? Grindy? Grindy? Garendi. Oh, Dr. Ray Garendi is oh, yeah. going to be joining us again. So great people on the cruise. That will be January 5th through the 11th on the Oasis of the Seas. So we're so glad that uh, so many people could join us in studio and use those of you listening at home. I want to thank some folks in Catholic Radio out there, many of our affiliates. Of course, Real Presence Radio. Woohoo! Love them. Thank you so much. We have many of your representatives here. Also from Kansas, Divine Mercy Radio, Midwestern Kansas, and also from Kansas City, KEX. S are the call letters for that wonderful Catholic radio affiliate. And also a big thank you to my producer, Andrew, holding things down back in the studio in Ann Arbor. And what anybody tells you, it's not just the people who are on the air. If you don't recognize the people who work behind the scenes, then that's a really big mistake. And I refuse to not give them credit because I could not do what I do without people like Andrew and, of course, Steve Clark, our operations manager here, and so many wonderful people who are helping with this production. And also, uh, Tom and Marion Hornacek, who are always here bright and early, handing out materials about EW10 and Ave Maria Radio, giving away all kinds of fun prizes. And I do hope that you check it out and think and pray about uh, joining us next year at goodnewscruise.com. So without further ado, I, I really want to spend time with this amazing bishop, and I think one of the strongest leaders we have in the U.S., and actually around the world in the church, Archbishop Nowen, so good to see you again. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. It's just Thanks, amazing. Teresa. So what's your experience been like so far? Uh, it's It's been wonderful. I mean, for the people back in Kansas, it's it's tough duty, but somebody has somebody's to got do to it. do it. You're yeah. offering it up, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, but it, it's um, just to be surrounded by the beauty of nature as we've been and and on the ocean. It's it's amazing, but more amazing are the the people here, the couples here, uh, to see these 400 plus couples that are really 
desirous to strengthen and renew their marriage and that's the foundation of everything so it's it's uh, edifying to be around them you give a beautiful a beautiful presentation beautiful talk uh, you were our, our kickoff for the keynote speeches that we had and I love the fact that you talked about this this image of marriage and how important marriage is and how the family is under attack and, and why this event is so important in events like these yeah, it really is. I mean, Mary at Fatima told us the the last battle will be over the family and marriage, and certainly I think that's true today. And and marriage it was what some of the speakers have talked about, and I truly believe that if if married couples live their vocation well, that's what helped to transform the culture in the beginning of the church. It was the attractiveness of the Christian understanding of marriage and family life that drew so many to the to the faith and mm-hmm. opened their hearts to Jesus. And I think that's that's what we need today too. Um, I think that's it's the Christian family that can help really transform a culture that offers, as Pope Emeritus Benedict said, you know, it offers a lot of pleasure but not much joy. Right. Right. Yeah. I've noticed, and uh, this happens uh, obviously at lots of conferences, the bishop will come in and, and you're so busy and, and you do it, like oh, I saw you at the women's conference several years ago because I was at one of your keynote speakers there, and you came and you stayed for a little while. Sometimes you can stay at these events, sometimes you can't. Uh, you could have done other things, but I noticed that uh, every single talk you've been present, you've been listening. So what's your impression so far? Give us the highest points. But anyway, just say, <laughs> what's your impression of the speakers and, and the presentations? What I thought was really neat in listening to uh, Rachel and Jason and then, of course, the Hernans and then thinking about some of the points that Deacon Dom and I made, we didn't discuss anything before we got on the ship. Wow. We had meetings on Zoom, but I thought all of our talks were kind of weaved together with, with similar points. So I just wonder what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, the the talks have been fabulous. And in, in the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas, we have what we call three super priorities, one of which is strengthening marriage and family life. And so for me, it's fed me a lot in terms of how we can better minister to married couples. Uh, but, yeah, I think the talks have, um, they've all complemented each other. Uh, I thought the talk that Mike and Alicia gave about Living a purposeful marriage, right. mm-hmm. yeah, was was really it's so purpose insane. versus pleasure. That yeah. was a, that was a huge point. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and w- that was beautiful. And I, you know, I think the Bullmans that are going to be on later, they were they were amazing. Um, just talking about their own relationship and some of the things that they had to overcome. I think the vulnerability of the couples right. uh, and the honesty, and it, it started really with the Hans the night. Yeah, you know, and who knew? I almost fell out of my chair. This, I think, is a testimony to their vulnerability because, you know, Scott Hahn and Kimberly are like, you know, up here. They're so amazing and so gifted and such a big part of our of our Catholic world. I didn't realize that they had to go to marriage counseling early on. Yeah. I mean, talk about being vulnerable, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, I know Kimberly's father very right. well, right. Jerry Kirk, mm-hmm. uh, who's just amazing he's one of my heroes we we co-chair the religious alliance against pornography Mm -hmm. but you know there are no perfect families and we all need help in our vocations at different times so uh, yeah i thought that was just really powerful all of this in terms of 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 showing yeah the reality of marriage um not the idealization as sometimes happens you know people can have an unrealistic 
understanding of what marriage is meant to be. But it's meant to be something better than that idealization. Right. But right. it, but that only happens if you're you're willing to um, to work through some of the challenges. One of the images that I used in my talk was, and I said this in marriage homilies, I compare it to the um, the, the Stephen Ambrose description of the of the adventurers Lewis and Clark and mm-hmm. undaunted courage because they didn't know what was before them. And that's what makes the wedding vows, I think, so beautiful and so powerful. That's why people cry at weddings, weddings is yeah. because you're pledging not knowing what's in front of you, but one thing's going to be constant. You know, I'm go- We're going to love one another, and we can say that because we know that God's called us to this. Amen. Yeah. Our guest uh, this hour on Catholic Connection on a Tuesday live from the Adventure of the Seas for our Good News Cruise is the amazing Archbishop Joseph Nauman from Kansas City. I had heard your story before about your father. I didn't know as much about your mom, but that was pretty incredible. What kind of an impression, you can tell a little bit about that story, did that leave on you as, as a young man, seeing your mom, even though she grieved your father greatly, I'll let you tell the details, but not having your father present, but still understanding that she was living out the marriage sacrament. Yeah. Yeah, so um, people ask me my vocation story, and I say, well, it started in the womb. Mm. And because um, when my mother was about three months pregnant with me, I have one older brother. Uh, my father went to work on December 18, 1948, a week before Christmas, never came home. He was murdered at his job. And at that point, you know, my mother's life just changed dramatically everything that she had expected everything that she was hoping for in terms of what Mm -hmm. the marriage and family would be it just dramatically changed now I was immune to this I was in her womb I didn't know what was going on Um, but as I grew older and um, got to my teenage years I began to talk to family members and friends of my parents and just ask them what that was like at that time. And I know one of her friends um, told me, she said, I was afraid to reach out to your mother. Hmm. And I think we've all had that where tragedy hits on somebody and you you don't know what to say to them. And she said, but I finally worked up the courage to to go see your mom. And you know what? She said, yeah, she, she grieved your father's death, but she was interested in me. And and my marriage and my children, my family, how we were doing. And she she had a hope and a joy. And so many people told me that the way my mother reacted to this, and she had a lot of support from her parents, my grandparents and that, but it it opened them up to the truth and the beauty of the faith because Mm -hmm. um, God doesn't promise us that we'll never have difficulties or problems in our life. But... He and he tells his disciples, if you if you want to follow me, the cross will come in some way. But what he does promise is that we'll never be alone, mm-hmm. and that's what my mother believed. She <clears throat> she didn't believe that God desired my father to die the way he did. That was a result of sin, but she, she believed that God was still with her. He was faithful to the promise that he would be with her, and he could bring good even out of this uh, evil and. And, and tragedy and at my first mass the the priest that preached uh, at the first mass was a longtime friend of my family he knew my parents and was with them and he kind of made that connection that somehow 
my ordination was, and it's true because the priest in our parish took a special interest in my brother and I, mm-hmm. and they were close to our family, friends of our family. So, and our pastor, who I thought was ancient at the time, he's probably the age I am now, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he would he would inv- he would take my brother and I with them sometimes on his day off, and he would go back to some of the parishes that he had served in rural parishes. He would stop at the hospital sometimes to go in. We wouldn't go in with him. But it gave me a glimpse of the priesthood. And um, so I think all of that opened my heart to the possibility of being a priest. And what we so appreciate about you, so many things, but you're, you're so uh, very strong and very vocal in a loving way about pro-life. And, and we so appreciate that. Please thank you yeah. for, for your work in the pro-life movement. Of course, you were uh, the former head of the uh, pro-life committee at the uh, USCCB, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. It's interesting because of your personal situation with your father being murdered. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would automatically think, oh, yeah, capital punishment, capital punishment. They, some people automatically assume that if we're pro-life in terms of protecting the child in the womb, that the, we're, we're in a situation where we're also you know, pro, pro-death in terms of capital punishment. And I've had exchanges with uh, listeners who say, well, you know, you're, you're pro-life for babies in the womb, but you're for capital punishment. I said, you didn't even ask me the question. No, I'm not. I'm pro-life from womb to tomb. But yours is even, even more powerful because of your own personal experience. Yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I th- I'm, I'm grateful to so many things from my mother, but one thing uh, that she never let us really focus on the man that, that killed my father, that, that we didn't even know what his name was growing up. Um, and and her own focus was not to get self-indulged in, in vengeance. Um, and, and one of the things she told my brother and I often, don't ever think of yourself as a victim. Mm. You're blessed. Um, and even though this, you know, you don't have a, a biological father, but you're still blessed. And I, I'm so grateful uh, to her for that as well. So uh, that was never kind of something that we dwelt on. Um, we were dwelt on where we are now and what we're doing now. And um, I think, you know, I think my mother had the grace uh, to be able to to forgive and to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I I feel for families that have had violent crimes done against them, and right. I think we need to surround them with support and love. And, and my mother had that. Uh, so sometimes I think that, that anger comes out of we're, we're not good as a culture and society in really supporting and staying with those. Those families had. who need it. Yeah. It was interesting. I don't know if you saw the press conference. Deacon and Dom and I were watching it, I think it was last week, of the, of the family uh, who's uh, there. I think it was their mother who was killed. Uh, brutally murdered. Um, it's just horrible. And and then the person was his life was taken. And I think it was the person who was taken by the um, the gas that they were doing the uh, trying to different ways of of capital punishment. And one of the sons got up and he said, um, Well, you know, um, our mom is in heaven. We believe, but we're not jumping up and down here today. We're not mm-hmm. jumping up and down through this. And I said, Wow, a poor family has gone through so much. But at the same time, they're admitting that taking this man's life, not that there shouldn't be justice and not that he shouldn't be incarcerated, but that it wasn't the automatic relief, I think, that many people expect it to be. Yeah, I think that's a a mistaken notion that somehow if this person has executed them, we're going to feel better. And, you know, as a priest, you get the opportunity to be involved in prison ministry. And 
and you see some of the profound conversions people right. have at that time and that's one of the tragedies of capital punishment. It takes away the opportunity, the opportunity for, for that. Yeah, for redemption. We are uh, go- perfect timing. We have, if you're hearing noises in the background, we are on a cruise ship and it's the morning. And I've <laughs> been sailing for years. Me and my husband have are experienced cruises. And so there's always these announcements, especially in the morning. So we'll take a break. But how about it for Archbishop Nauman? He's going to be with us again. It's 9.15 Eastern Time. And it's 9.15 here in the Dominican Republic. And we are on the Adventure of the Seas, goodnewscruise.com. And we'll be right back on a Tuesday morning. Stay tuned. Teresa Tamio and Deacon Dom are coming to Belleville for a special event you won't want to miss. Join us for dinner and a presentation called How Practicing the Works of Mercy Brings Out the Best in Marriage on Friday, February 9th. Teresa and Deacon Dom have been leading marriage retreats and pilgrimages since their journey home to the Catholic Church. Come to St. Anthony Catholic Church on Friday, February 9th, starting with dinner at 6. Tickets are only $25 each and are going fast. More details at stanthonybelleville.com. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com Welcome back. Having a wonderful time with the amazing Archbishop Joseph Nauman from Kansas City. And he has, uh, he's with us for the whole cruise, which is awesome. And he kicked us off on Saturday night as we set sail from Port Canaveral, Florida, with a beautiful presentation, uh, talking obviously about marriage for uh, the Good News Marriage Cruise, but also talking about his own background and his growing up. And let's get back to the importance of, as a priest, your mission being a shepherd and seeing so many couples I can't stress this enough. It's, it's, this is something that, that Dominic and I really, one of the reasons why we believe in pilgrimage in general so much, because you get people away from their normal day-to-day life, and then you expose them to goodness, beauty, and truth, and it has a profound impact. Whether you're uh, in Florence, and you walk in, and you see the David, and you realize that nobody, it's not humanly possible to do something like that, mm-hmm. unless you have infused talents and gifts from God. Or if you're on a ship, and you look out, as you were saying, on Saturday night, you look out at the ocean and you see, wow, you know, you are God and we are not, right? looking at, at the beautiful nature. But just to come together as a couple, to have that time to just concentrate on your marriage. One of the things that I always thought about is how do we go through marriage prep 
and then we get married, and this is what happened to us, and people heard our testimony on Monday or Sunday, and you just kind of think everything is going to work out on itself, and yet in other areas, even other areas of ministry, we continue to work on it. There's, there seemed to be, I don't know when it started, but this idea that I get married and everything's going to be great, and then they're stunned, and that was us, when things start to fall apart. Why is that mindset so prevalent, do you think, Archbishop? Yeah, I, I mean, I think part of it is we have this romanticized notion of marriage. Um, but really, and this is one of the things I hope in my talk, that married couples are called to be an icon of God's love. And we're so blessed as Christians. <laughs> no other religion believes what we believe about this God that pursues us and seeks us out. And so much so that he would become an embryo in the womb of Mary mm-hmm. and and then grow up in the in Nazareth, this out-of-the-way town, and spend most of his life in this backwater country in terms of the worldly powers, and then go to Calvary and give his life. And, you know, the Song of Songs is so beautiful that it's in the Bible, but it's about, you know, a lover pursuing his beloved. Mm-hmm. And that's really what God does for us. And, and, uh, and yet uh, it's this faithful, unconditional love, and the closest human approximation of that is really Christian marriage. And so, you know, we've, in the Archdiocese, we've been partnering with a group called Communio, uh, with J.P. DeGans. I don't know if you ever met mm-hmm. him. But he he was somebody that he, early in his life, he thought that politics was the way to transform culture, and he was involved with political campaigns. And But at some point, he had a sister whose marriage broke apart, and, um, and he and his wife wound up taking in her children for a while because she wow. was so crushed by the breakup of this marriage. And it became apparent to him, he said, no, the... The, the way to change and transform culture is by the family. And John he and his, Paul II, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he and his wife had done youth ministry, and one of the, he wrote his book that he co-authored with a Protestant who was a minister and was a counselor as well, um, but in the book called Endgame, he talks about how they worked in youth ministry, and the church has invested a lot in youth ministry, but in the end, the best best youth ministry is to help children have a mother who loves their father and a father who loves their mother and mm-hmm. together loves them. Mm-hmm. That's And there's so much social science data that supports that. Secular, yeah. right? I mean, right. from the secular research. Yeah. So he said, you know, in, in trying to... Youth ministry is important. We need to have vibrant youth ministry. But he, he said that's just the smoke in the culture. Um, what's happening with young people, the fire is in the home, the marriage. Mm-hmm. And so so that's why I think as a church we really need to um, put more emphasis on marriage ministry and relational ministry. His uh, co-author, he wrote a book, How Not to Marry a Jerk, <laughs> <laughs> or a jerk ass. <laughs> and, um, you know, our, our young people are growing up in a culture that has all these distorted notions right. of love and confused love with pleasure. Right. And somebody else pleasing me, rather than what God has revealed, it's 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 being willing to seek the good of the other above everything else. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what what married couples pledge to. I, I think it's, and by the way, if you're just tuning in to Catholic Connection, we are live on the Adventure of the Seas for the annual Good News Cruise, goodnewscruise.com. Everybody having a good time? Yes, yeah, so we have a very, very packed house this morning. And with our amazing guest, who was our first keynote speaker and serving as our, our chaplain for this beautiful, beautiful cruise, Archbishop Nauman. Amazing bishop, right? Seriously. Uh, just, you are, just, I just admire you so much and respect you so much. But I think the hardest thing is, we always talk, and Dr. A and I were talking about this uh, the other day, that we, we say that marriage is, is difficult, but I, and Ray and I were chatting, and, and, and Randy and Dominic were, were chiming in, I think this is true. Anything that, that's worth having is worth fighting for. Right. But at the same time, we don't want to give the impression that you know, marriage is like working in the mines or something, and it's like you're going to be miserable yeah. all the yeah. time. Because yeah. you know, once Dominic and I realized and, and actually read the documents on marriage and realized that you, you, you have to, you know, you're supposed to help the other person get into heaven, it's like this whole world opened us up to us. And now we just laugh. Maybe it's because we're married almost 41 years and we're just getting too old things but we just wonder what did we fight about why was it so but once you have god it just changes everything because when you're looking at god as your role model you realize as i think it was was it rachel or was it melissa i forget saying you have to work on yourself first but it does become joyful and it, it, that means that you oh we're going to have an announcement here we're on a ship so Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay we'll do natural sounds here right steve huh oh we'll take a break okay let's take a hard break right now but that's the uh, captain talking to us this morning on the Adventure of the Seas. We'll talk more with Archbishop Nauman and wrap up when we come back. Stay tuned. Sorry about that. No, no. <laughs> there's some things we... Catholic Connection, about 28 minutes past the hour. So we are in a cruise ship. We are in port, and you're going to hear natural sound, as they say, in the business. So we had the captain on earlier. We might have a, uh, the uh, testing signal for the, the warnings that they do, all these different tests they have to do. So we'll, we're going to roll with it. It's live radio. I've been doing this for a long time. We'll make it work. But uh, Archbishop, just uh, some final thoughts, and I apologize for the interruption, but thank you so much for, for your witness and for your dedication to the church. But any final thoughts for those listening who might think about doing something like this for their marriage? Yeah, I would encourage, th this is such a phenomenal experience. Um, I've heard some of the older couples say, well, we wish we'd have done this earlier. Years ago. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of data that says that if couples spend eight hours a year in some kind of marriage enrichment, the Yeah, you said that. That statistic was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I have to look up where it comes from, from our marriage and family life office. But if they do that, the chance of their marriage uh, not succeeding goes way, way down. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think a cruise like this... You guys are, you're inoculated for a long time. <laughs> Thank you, Your Excellency. Yeah, Thank you. Thanks. We're going to let you switch with our next guest, Father Frankie. And uh, we are on the Adventure of the Seas, and this is the annual Good News Cruise. The website is goodnewscruise.com. So because of the uh, live interruptions to the cruise ship, we've got a little dancing going on between the Archbishop and, and Father Frankie, but it's all good. And uh, it's been just a, a delight to get to know some of the wonderful priests that we have. We have, I think, 13 priests on board in addition to Archbishop now and it'll be 14 because Father Michael Schmitz is going to be joining us uh, in just a little bit so that'll be awesome 
And then next year for the Good News Cruise, we are leaving on January 5th, and it'll be January 5th through the 11th, on Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. And again, it's goodnewscruise.com. Father Michael Schmitz, Alan Sally Cresta, Thyrsis psychologist i can never pronounce his name i think he's from ohio grindy grindy dr ray grindy will be there also peter and debbie herbeck from renewal ministries he can dominate sister joseph andrew from sisters of mary mother of the eucharist let's give a round of applause for our next guest on the hip parade father frankie and it's cicero right your last that is name correct. Yes, yes. Yes. thank you so much it's a great what a delight here. to get to meet you uh, for the first time and is this your first cruise this is my first cruise there you go yeah. and so you're from arizona what diocese diocese of phoenix oh okay great yeah. we were there for the uh, good news conference uh, two years ago with uh, bishop Barron's. that was awesome so your testimony i mean everyone Everybody has a great testimony, even if we don't think it is. But when I, when you were telling me your story the other night, the first image that came to mind, maybe it's because I'm a media person, was Tom Cruise in cocktail. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so explain, if you would, Padre. Um, so I'm, first, I'm, I was just super gra- blessed to be able to grow up in a Catholic home, you know, and um, I was altar server for multiple years, and I loved it. Uh, and the interesting thing was the fact of uh, my so my dad's 100% Sicilian, so he's like super crazy machismo, and uh, God tears and emotions were like super difficult for my dad, and God tears and emotions were totally my world, and it really created this interesting division. Don't you love the hands for our listening audience out there? Oh that's yeah, that's why I relate to him. The other night at dinner, we're like doing this the whole time. Oh yeah, I mean I got to praise God in everything that He gives yeah, me. You yeah. know what I mean? So hands are just a, a beautiful gift in that way too. But yeah, so it was. Um, it just created an interesting division within my dad. And I think as a son, you always desire the, the approval of your father. And so growing up, it was just super difficult for me and my dad to actually experience, um, uh, like, just kind of his love and, and faith life and family life. And it was interesting. When I was 18 years old, I remember my dad pulls my mom, my sister, and I aside. And he looks at us, and he says, uh, I'm leaving. Uh, I'm done with you guys. I want nothing to do with you anymore. And um, before he leaves, he pulls me aside, and he says, you are not the son I wanted. Uh, You are not good enough to be my son. We come to find out that my father uh, has been addicted to uh, meth for multiple years. He has a mistress and kind of a family, and uh, we're all of a sudden in major debt. Uh, the transferred bills into my name, mom's name, didn't pay things. And so we all of a sudden lose our home, lose cars, lose everything. We're homeless, we're on food stamps, and I am utterly angry with the Lord. Um, I, I had this inclination and love for the Lord at such a young age, and I was like, Lord, I want to give my entire life to you. Uh, no drugs, no alcohol, I want to save myself from marriage. And so when all of this happened, I just could not understand. And I remember I prayed and I screamed at the Lord. And I was like, I've done everything you've asked of me. And this is what you give me? I want nothing to do with you. I'm done with you. So I left. I, I ran into everything that the world says brings me happiness. As much drugs, much alcohol, and as much promiscuity. I mean, I'm this 18-year-old kid, and I've just been broken in the deepest way, and I just need some form of comfort and healing. And I thought, I'm like, well, I can't find it in the Lord, so i got to go into the world. And so it led me... Uh, to being a, a bartender at a rock and roll western mechanical bull bar, of course. And so, uh, and this was this continual life of medicating every single day, wearing a mask and trying to medicate the pain of the fact of what was going on in my life. And the bar life's interesting because everyone kind of looks and just thinks that everything's awesome, you know? And because there's, in this bar, there's a kind of a little bit of, um, 
you know, you're the bartender, people want to know you, and, and so it's just a really interesting thing because people thought you had everything going on, and interiorly... You're a mess. Totally a mess. A mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember, <clears throat> so one night, uh, I'm in the bar, uh, like 3,000 people, 1 a.m., Saturday night, and I'm making drinks. Now, when there's 3,000 people, you don't stop making drinks. If you don't know what you want, you go to the next person, your head's in a well, and you're just going. And in the midst of going, making drinks... All of a sudden, I physically felt pushed back. And as I get pushed back and I lift up my head, everything goes slow. I mean, to the point that people are picking up their drinks slowly. The like bull, the whole slow motion? Oh, everything's slow yeah. motion. Yeah, even the bull itself, like, hmm. super slow. I look upstairs, patio bar, packed. Look out, or the upstairs bar, patio bar, completely filled. And I remember I had this moment where uh, I, was like, I, I, I was like, I have everything that the world says brings me happiness. I have as much money as I would need. I have this drug and party lifestyle. Like I said, there's like this fame. People are like, I wish I was you. I wish I had your life. And I'm like, you don't even know me. And I remember I, in the midst of this, I was like, I am more lonely. I'm more broken. And I flat out hate who I am. And it was the first time in six years that I prayed. Mm. in the bar one in the morning in the deepest darkness I turned to the Lord as everything is slow and I said Lord my life is worse without you than it ever was with you I'm back what do you want with my life mm. wow wow ah, thank you yeah thank you now did you think it, I mean you had that prayer you had the profound experience that really, really was your St. Paul mm-hmm. domestic experience mm-hmm. probably knocking you off absolutely. of the, uh, your yeah, high horse absolutely. Uh, and we've got about a minute left and we'll wrap up when we come back but Take us into the break in terms of when you had that experience as to how long between that experience and then entering the seminary, which is like, you think about it, and it's such a, it seems like such a far leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, let's see, uh, it was probably around maybe almost, maybe a year and a half to two years, because mm-hmm. uh, I had a, a year of preparation to seminary after kind of the first year of the Lord just like revealing and transforming my heart and that as well. And so uh, from probably the moment of the bar... Uh, so my call to priesthood was probably around three months, and then wow, the preparation. Wow, that's pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And then the preparation. You know, you've got a natural ability for this because you hear the music and you stop talking. I get Ray Garendi on. He's been doing this for 50 years. He keeps talking and talking and talking. Anyway, round of applause. We'll have you wrap it up real quick, Father Frankie Cicero. What a story! You're coming back on the show so we can get more detail oh, eventually. Oh, so it's amazing. To. We'll be right back and wrap up with Father and then also the Bullmans. Just an adorable couple. We've adopted them, by the way. They're so cute. And they're from Florida. We'll be right back. Wrapping up with one of our amazing priests on the Good News Cruise, Father Frankie uh, Cicero from the Diocese of Phoenix. There's our captain in the background uh, talking to us, but we're going to let Father... um, wrap up. So, Father, uh, some final thoughts on your experience. I was wondering what you think when you're walking al- along uh, the deck of a cruise ship and you're seeing all these different bars and people, you know, mixing drinks and whatnot and then remembering where you were so many years ago. Mm. Ultimately, um, I just want to bring the love of God to them. Mm. You know, I mean, there's a, there, there's a need uh, for the Lord in every single human heart 
and regardless of whatever it may be. But when I look at the bar and I look at kind of bartending, I mean, there, there is an element that there's like this enjoyment, but yet the enjoyment can never extra right. enter into the deepest part. And everything in moderation, right? In the Catholic it's, faith, you can enjoy there you go. a glass Absolutely. of wine, some fun cocktails. But yeah, it's but. just, um, I mean, honestly, it's interesting because I, I, first off, when you give your yes to the Lord, you it's just an adventure, and you never can even imagine where the Lord brings you. Absolutely. I mean, when I said yes to the Lord, even in that time of the bar, I never did I think I'd be on a cruise ship uh, in the Dominican Republic. Uh, like in hanging out in certain bars as well. And, and it's just this beautiful thing of being able to now uh, go at, back into an element where that darkness was and to bring the light of Christ, to bring the good news to those people, to be able Amen. to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know? what, I, what I love is seeing, is seeing how God takes what we were doing and you know, we thought we were having fun, but he still uses everything. I had a Protestant minister friend of mine who said, T, God never wastes his time. And I thought, never. you know, when I was going through this transition of should I stay in the secular media or leave, I'm like, what the heck am I doing? I've been in this yeah. business for 20 years. Why did God put me there? He said, I don't know what you're going to be doing, but he's going to use this. And here I am 22 years Amen. on the air. God's advantageous. At Catholic Radio. Yeah. He's advantageous. Yeah. He'll use what he can. Father, thank you. No, you having a good time so on the cruise? I'm really grateful. You enjoying meeting the oh couples Oh my goodness, this has been yeah. a grift. Yeah. This is so much fun, honestly. I'm really grateful from just the experiences to uh, all the couples and being able just to just to Honestly, just to love and be loved is a gift. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Father Frankie Cicero from the Diocese of Phoenix, Arizona. And we're going to get our next guest up. So I'm just going to do a little, as we say, fill uh, in the business. And it is just about... Uh, okay, let's take a break because we have some announcements being made. So we're going to take a soft break, Andrew, if you can play a spot for us. And then we'll be right back on the Adventure of the Seas in the middle of their tests going on. But we're going to wrap up with Rachel and Jason Bowman from Orlando, Florida. And they have a beautiful ministry, and they spoke to us on, what's today? Today's Tuesday. They spoke to us yesterday. We'll be right back on Catholic Connections. Stay tuned. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Who may receive the Sacrament of Holy Orders? Except for deacons, the norm for receiving the sacrament, according to the Catholic Catechism, is a man of faith living a celibate life. Why celibacy? so that priests can serve Christ and his church with an undivided heart. The Catechism assures us that celibacy, accepted with a joyous heart, radiantly proclaims the reign of God. In the Eastern Church, married men may be ordained as priests, but not as bishops. Celibacy, however, is held in great honor in the Eastern Church, and many priests freely choose it. Both the East and the West, however, hold that a man who has already received holy orders can no longer marry. The ordained priest is of Christ, carrying an indelible, permanent spiritual character which cannot be repeated nor conferred temporarily. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. This week on Christ is the Answer, Father John wants to talk about being transformed. The Eucharist, it's the source and summit of our lives as Christians. We know it to be Jesus himself, but do we recognize what Jesus is doing through this precious gift for us? Join us this week as Father John shows us how through the Eucharist, Jesus transforms us to be more like him, and later in the week when he answers why there's so many different religions. Tune in for Christ is the Answer, Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio.
Dr. Ray Garendi. What's the definition of frustration? Frustration is the difference between the way it is and the way you want it to be. It's hard to change the way it is. The way it is sometimes is other people, life, circumstances. The way you want it to be is in your power to change. You can close the gap between reality and what you want. The smaller that gap, the less your frustration. It is always easier to change oneself than to change reality. Frustration isn't always what happens out there. It is how we look at what happens out there. Hey, it's live radio. And we are on a cruise ship. So this is going to happen. We call it natural sound or ambiance. So we have uh, them making various announcements. They go through tests every morning to make sure everything is working properly. So if you hear some people in the background, that's what it is. Because we are on the Adventure of the Seas for the Good News Cruise 2024. We're having a good time. <laughs> and I am so excited. Dominic, and I don't know if you know this, we've adopted you guys. The Bowmans. <laughs> so you've got to come over. I've got to make you macaroni. Yes. All right. Okay. okay. And my meatballs. <laughs> Rachel and Jason Bowman, were they awesome or not yesterday with their talk? <laughs> Jason is a deacon ordained for just over a year, right? Yep, year a and a half. A little baby deacon. Or baby so deacon. <laughs> <laughs> and his beautiful wife, Rachel, and they have a wonderful speaking ministry. They have seven amazing children. They live in the Diocese of Orlando, and they speak nationally. And uh, Rachel's written books, and she is very much promoting the feminine genius. You go, girl. That's right. <laughs> But I loved your talk yesterday for so many reasons, and I think it was just a beautiful story of, of your journey and, and raising children in, in Catholic family and how you're helping others and what you're learning. But the line that you said that really I think I walked away with was, if suffering is not transformed, it's transferred. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how many of us can see that in so many areas, not only in our own lives, but people we know? So let's talk about that. Let me start with with you, Rachel, in terms of how this whole idea, being that you're a busy mom, uh, you have a very full life, you decided to transfer into ministry at some level. Oh, man. So, you know, I grew up in the Assemblies of God and was very much just a part of my life. I mean, my dad was a pastor and, you know, in the Assemblies of God, you're very much told, like, very young, I I do sing a little bit. So my dad was like, you're going to sing. So I would sing at church and... And then as I grew up in the youth group, was doing the same thing, was helping with praise and worship and things like that. And when I became Catholic, I really needed to, I felt like I had to throw off all of the old the old car- garments, if you will. So I <laughs> refused to write. I refused to sing. I wouldn't do any of that because it just, it for me was like, oh, well, that was who I used to be. And then the Lord quickly was like, actually, that's who you are. Like, we, we need you to continue doing all those things. And so I slowly started to write again and sing a little bit and um and it's just been such a such a blessing during that time. And I think the more that I would try to run away from it, the more that the Lord would open doors. And and so the various things that 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 God has given me as blessings to 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 publicly proclaim His love for the world and His love for us has been just it's something that I can't out, shut the right? door on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You're still using it. And it's interesting because when you were, we were talking about this at dinner the other night, when you were in the diaconate program, you had really little children, which is unusual because they kind of push you away from that. And, and I think in, for, for a good reason because it can be very challenging. 
But at what point did you discern, because you have a, a very um, strong profession as a PA, you have a good practice. When did you decide that, you know, dedicating yourself to the diaconate, which is a big responsibility, speaking from experience, uh, that that was something that you wanted to do as a deacon couple? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. We always kind of frame my uh, diaconate vocation story as something that blossomed out of our vocation to the married life mm-hmm. because, uh, well, when Rachel and I got married, it was in the context of her coming becoming Catholic, and so it was... A, it was kind of a journey we went on together, and then when we got married, it's like ministry was like already a part of our marriage right away. Um, so we went in, and young adult ministry just kind of fit because we were young adults and that kind of thing. We and still are young adults. Yeah, oh, yeah. you are. Okay, yeah. Wait, I th- I think and I'm only old enough to be your mother, not your grandmother. I just want to <laughs> okay. make, that, that, make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the Lord keeps us looking younger than we actually <laughs> are. Uh, right. For That's that a good thing. thing. Uh, so anyway, so we've been doing young adult ministry, and uh, we were having we opened our home as we said in our talk, and so people were just coming over to our house all the time, young adults, and that kind of thing. And one day, um, one young lady who I I owe a lot to, she said, you know, you'd make a really good deacon, uh-huh. you know. And I think I think that a lot of our a lot of the clergy you talk to, the story usually starts something. And like that, that bent, yeah. right? Yeah, it happened to Dominic because it was on our pilgrimage. We had just come back to the church. It was 1995. Right. And the deacon who was with us from our parish came right up to him out of the blue and right. said, have you ever thought about being a deacon? And we're like, what? I mean, we'd just gotten back in the church, but God pl- uses people to plant seeds. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I, she doesn't know what she did in that moment. But uh, I, I think I instantly was, I instantly was like, oh, my gosh, like, this, I want this. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where, so I had spent a lot of time discerning the priesthood um, when I, before we got married. So it was That's one of those a good things, thing, before right. you got married. Right, yeah. <laughs> Glad you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I bucked against it a little bit. Like, is that still that, like, yeah. you know, uh, notion that, that I should, should not entertain? Um, but then I talked with my spiritual director, and uh, finally, you know, the, the 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 real test was to talk with my spouse about right. it. And so when she was enthusiastic, I was like, "All right, that's it. We're we're doing this." Well, because uh, the wife has to be on board. You cannot even go even for the first portion of your 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 you know, discernment year right. without right. the wife signing on, literally signing on the dotted line. So let me get your impression before we get interrupted by Captain, my captain again. Uh, in <laughs> your your thoughts on being on the cruise and meeting with so many other amazing couples. It, what's it been like for you? And Rachel, I'll go to you first. Oh, unbelievable. I mean, everybody, It's it's. there's always something powerful about a room full of people that have the same goal. Right. And how much you see that there's a real possibility to change the world. Yeah. When there's 800 plus people that just want to love one another and be loved by God, mm-hmm. there's nothing else like it. Yeah. And then to cruise too. Come on. Bonus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bonus. Yeah. How about you, Jason? Uh, yeah, I mean, just very, very encouraging to see people take their marriages seriously. Um, because, again, I mean, everything that the world, the world is so loud. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just constant distraction. It's like a captain's announcement, actually. Yeah. The world yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Speaking Perfect of which. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Attention crew. We're going to uh, take a soft break. Andrew's going to... Uh, Break us right now and go into a soft break, and we'll come back and we'll wrap up with Rachel and Jason Bowman. And what's your your uh, website before we go to the break? RachelBowman.com. RachelBowman.com. All right, give them a round of applause, and we'll wrap up in just a minute. Sorry about that, folks, but we're on a cruise ship. (laughs) 
Welcome back, Catholic Connection, wrapping up a live edition from the Adventure of the Seas. And here we go again with the announcements. But uh, we have about... <laughs> we are on a cruise ship. It's natural sound. We're going to work through this, and then we'll take, we'll take an early break. But I want to let Rachel and Jason wrap up a little bit about their testimony. And again, we're on the Adventure of the Seas. It's Tuesday. This will wrap up uh, Thursday night. We'll be leaving the ship on Friday. And the Good News Cruise next year actually is going to be a little bit earlier. We are going to be leaving on January 5th through the 11th. And we'll be on the Oasis class on the Oasis of the Seas, which is an amazing ship. All right. Okay, we get it. Crew muster station. Can you pause for a minute, please? Anyway, so let's let's wrap up in about... Um, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, your thoughts in terms of um, doing more things like this. I, I, Dominic and I talk about this all the time, the importance of even if they can't do another good news cruise or even if you know, this may be not something because they have young children and it's probably way in the future financially, how important is it for couples to get away? Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, we told you already that it was, I mean, this is the first time we've been away from our six kids, you know. Together. uh, Together. Yeah. Like, so Rachel will leave sometimes to go do a talk or whatever, but one of us is always there. So to get away together so that we can actually spend some intimate time together and and build on, I think has been, well, it's been incredibly enriching for us already. And I think it is something that's not thought about. Right. Uh, It's something that's incredibly important because, again, if the marriage is not, strong and if you don't spend time intentionally that way then everything else from there is going to trickle right. down you right know, so. yeah, we 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 are very intentional about going on a date once a week mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like what once a week but i mean that means maybe taking a walk on the block right or you are going to go for a couple of hours and just have a, a drink together mm-hmm. but just being very intentional about that even if you're exhausted we know what it's like having young kids you're really tired but this is worth the investment of time and money to make sure that this is taken care of because I can't be a good mom unless I'm being a good spouse and I can't be a good spouse unless I'm being a good child of God and it's so important to keep that going. That was the other point when you asked that hypothetical question yesterday that was so (laughs) great and most of us when you when you asked uh, two things um, most important thing to be loved by God or to love other people and the vast Mm -hmm. majority of us said to love other people but you think about that and we can't give it's so true we cannot give what we don't have right Right. exactly and when you try it it ends up being what you talked about earlier like we end up transferring our lack of love Mm -hmm. instead of transferring the abundance of love yeah well you two are an absolute delight so nice to meet you and we really look forward to keeping in touch and maybe even doing some diaconate retreats together Rachel and I have already talked about writing a book together for Deacon's Wives I don't know what do you think should we do it yeah (laughs) All right. and thanks to our studio audience thank you so much for coming here bright and early and thanks to our listeners back home goodnewscruise.com tomorrow we won't have a live audience but we'll have another live audience God willing on Thursday you've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network our producer is Andrew Kruchek For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.